Hello everybody, I'm Matt Mikucci and you are listening to the Jazzy's Podcast. Everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikucci here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today. A series that we simply like to call the Jazz is Podcast, and is brought to you in conjunction with Jazz is Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz is editors, and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. Today I'll be sharing a conversation with none other than the remarkable Dan Wilson. A guitarist, composer and all-around visionary, Wilson's path has been guided by the mentorship of musical giants like Joey DeFrancesco and Christian McBride. On his latest album, Things Eternal, Dan Wilson takes us on a captivating journey where he draws inspiration from his roots and reflects on the losses that life has dealt him in recent times. He'll share his insights, take us on a heartfelt journey through his musical influences and give us an intimate look into the making of his latest project released earlier this year on Christian McBride's Brother Mr. Productions via Mac Avenue Music Group. So fire up an audio teeny and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. This is the Jazz Is Podcast. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the Jazzy's Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's kind of our established tradition here at the Jazzy's Podcast to break the proverbial ice by kind of collecting memories, as I like to put it, is by asking the artists I speak with to share a memory with us from early life that when they think back to it, they realize maybe that's where their journey in music started from. So do you have one such memory that you could share with us? Uh, I do. Um, the first one that, that comes to mind is uh, the first church service that I ever played on guitar. I I had been uh, playing drums from about age 11. And then, uh, on, let's see, around age 13, I, my dad um, had taught me how to play bass. And then the church needed guitar players, so he went and bought me a cheap Squire. And so I, I spent, like, months and months trying to uh, get that thing together. And then the first... I remember the first church service I ever played on the guitar. I knew like maybe the first five notes of the of the major scale, and uh, I, I just remember just staying within those five notes. And the church just was it seemed like it was on fire, and that that was a great lesson for me that you know um, you can do a lot with with five notes, and when you put a lot of rhythm behind it, because I, I didn't know very much about the guitar i knew maybe the, the melody of the songs so i just i stayed within those five notes the entire service and that kind of put me put me on the path there so before you started playing the guitar you had a, a you know experience playing other instruments you mentioned the drums and then there was the bass right right and and every, everybody in in the church starts off on the drums any particular reason why that is uh i think it, 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 there's some cultural reasons um you know in all african-based music 
uh, the the drum is kind of the center of of our musical universe. So uh, and rhythm is is of a is a priority in, in our music. And so you know, even before you you learn how to play an instrument, you have to learn how to motion from side to side on the beat and clap on the beat while singing at the same time. So. So ry- rhythm is is really everything for us, and uh, by the time you pick up a, a har- harmonic or melodic instrument, you know a, a lot of those those rhythmic problems have, have already been solved due due to uh, the kind of the congregational uh, participation. And and you know uh, once you once you kind of made that switch, that say full time uh, on the guitar, or at least it became your primary instrument. Who were some of the artists that you admired on the guitar? Well, first and foremost, there, there were um, there were a ton of uh, incredible guitarists in in my church. It's it's kind of a long standing tradition in that particular church. Um, you know, I, I can name like thirty guitarists offhand, just from generation to generation, and they were really heavy into um, the the jazz musicians of each generation. Like back in the forties, the, these guys. Uh, Fred Dreyer and Isaac Fontaine, they were heavy into like Charlie Christian. Um, then in the 60s and 70s, there was a guy who revolutionized uh, the guitar in the church. His name was Arthur Lee Gale. Um, and he was heavy into George Benson, into West Montgomery, uh, Boogaloo Joe Jones. And uh, then came in like the 80s and 90s, the Green Brothers. They were again heavy into Charlie Christian. They introduced us to kind of Barney Kessel and guys like that. Um, they were heavy into Benson and West Montgomery and, and, and Grant Green. So I, I was like, I was getting this indirect jazz influence uh, without without knowing it. So by the time I I was introduced to jazz, it was uh, West Montgomery's West Montgomery Jimmy Smith's dynamic duo. And as soon as I heard that, I was just like, oh, I I feel like I've been prepared for this my entire life wow that's interesting yeah and it sounds like from what you said earlier your family was also supportive of your musical talents absolutely absolutely um i i mean i have to apologize to my mom to this day for listening to me uh during those early years but uh <laughs> you know both my, my my mom and dad were were like well yeah i think he's uh i think he's borderline obsessed so so you know i, I went through a really intense period of practice like from age I would say 14 to maybe 20 or I was just practicing just the entire day then whenever I had a spare minute you know even when I was working a summer job or you know uh, I would come home from the job eat go downstairs and, and just practice you know just really kind of uh, tunnel vision you know and, and at that time I was really heavy into Joe Pass so I, I would um I would learn these uh, these standards from from his records and from uh, the records he did with Ella Fitzgerald and my my mom just just happened to uh, to know a lot of these standards, the melodies and the lyrics to to a lot of these standards because she grew up with them, and so I learned a, a ton of standards just from from hearing her sing, and that that was a really really important uh, step in my development. That's amazing. And also, it sounds like, you know, for you, you always knew that you would want to become a musician. There was never a plan B. <laughs> no, well, well, you know, there, there was a, a slight, slight plan, plan B, because um, I, I knew that I was either going to do something in music 
or something related with wildlife. I was um, right because I, I, you know, because I'm a huge outdoorsman. So and and that's that's a tradition in my in my family that's been like generations. Uh, so I was the only career paths I I thought about uh, taking were uh, music and or um, so some type of conservation officer or like wildlife officer that, but now, now that I'm in the music that that's, that other thing's not happening. And does the wildlife still have an impact in your music though? Um, yeah, but in, in a strange way, because, um, I, when I was growing up, uh, especially when my voice was a lot higher, I used to like me, me and my, my dad and, and my uncles, we used to go Turkey hunting and I used to imitate the sounds of the uh, of the turkeys so i could so we could get uh we could get closer to them and, and we could uh communicate with them so i used to i used to do all kinds of animal in, imitations when i was uh i was out in the woods like i was a real like farm kid so but i but i think my my ear for for music really helped me emulate these uh these sounds and but it, it's like now that i think about it as a, as a an, an adult, it's just like wow, that's a really strange combination to put together. Did you ever in- integrate any of those sounds in your guitar playing? Not really. Only well, there, there's one. I'm, I'm working on a tune right now because it's uh, it's summer here in, in Ohio, and I keep hearing uh, these morning doves outside, and they have a specific cadence to to their calls, and it's like one low note and two high notes and so i'm thinking of uh putting that that theme into uh a composition i just have to i have to wait to uh kind of flesh it out yeah jumping ahead i mean i do want to talk about uh things eternal uh which uh, i believe marks your first your fourth album as a as a leader and yeah. uh and and anyone listening to it actually the first the first thing you hear is the voice of joy de francesco um and uh, you know, can you tell us about the impact of this great musician on you musically and personally? Because he was, he was quite important, right, in your development as an artist. Oh man, that's the understatement of the year. Because man, uh, he he's actually responsible for my kind of breaking into the national and international music scene. You know, just just being in his band really kind of helped propel my my music career. And and not only that, just the um, the kind of trial by fire of being being in his band, it just really let me know that there was another there's there's another level to reach because you know you, you can uh, like just just hearing hearing him on record is, is amazing, but just being around his musical process and you know just observing him on a, on a daily basis is really really something. Cause it, it, you know, he was an actual genius. Like you could tell when you get to know him, you could tell how he became as, as great as, as he was. Um, and not only that, you know, we had a chance to get really close. He was like a, a family member. Like he, he knew my whole family. He'd come over my house and, you know, met my kids. Um, that just made losing him, uh, that big of a, that much bigger of a, of a shock. You know, just I, I could just remember, like, you know, when, when he uh, when, when we first started playing, there was no uh, there was no easing into it. You know, the, that first gig, it was just like we went full stop. I mean, full intensity. Like he, he didn't um, he didn't really explain much. There was no real rehearsal. 
we just he was like, "Do you know these tunes?" And I was like, "Yeah, I know some of them." He was like, "All right, we're well, gonna learn these other ones on the bandstand," and that was kind of the ebb and flow um, for my entire association with him. Nice. So he kind of challenged you to kind of better yourself all the time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and it it, it wasn't really like a um, uh, like a standardized test where it's like Here, here's what we're gonna do. It was just like, hey, this is this is where we are. So you know, it was like sink or swim, hmm. and it's just like some of the. Now that when I go back and listen to some of the bootlegs um, that that I recorded on my phone for over the years, and you almost just don't believe what you're hearing, you know. Um, and just to to play on that high level, um, or to have to match that high level night after night, was was really a, a great lesson, especially for a guitar player. There, yeah. there was like, because he he would play these tempos with such ease, and uh, at the time Jason Brown, the great drummer Jason Brown, was in the band. And they would connect because um, they they could be, they could both play, you know, upwards of four four hundred, four thirty, four four forty uh, beats per minute, um, just with ease. And you know, I, I I could always you know play pretty fast, but that was a really a real challenge for me. Like they they would get to a certain point where I'd be like, man, I'm I don't know if I could do this. So I really had to level up in in that regard and that was that was a great great experience let's get my butt kicked track you are hearing is Stickology from Dan Wilson's latest album, Things Eternal, available now and showcasing the breadth and depth of Wilson's emotive guitar work. We'll talk more about this album and this particular track in a moment, but first, I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz's, Jazz's.com and these Jazz's podcasts. Go to Jazz's.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now, back to our conversation with Dan Wilson. Another of the greats who's uh, had a huge impact on your life and music is Christian McBride, uh, who is actually the... uh, the co-producer of Things Eternal. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, just uh, can you tell me about meeting him and uh, what it's been like to work with him on and including on this new project? Yeah, yeah, man, that's 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 my man. Um, you know, I, there there are like there's several sources that you know that have told me how how we we kind of connected. Like, so first, I think he came out and. And heard me with Joey on the on the jazz cruise. That was the first time I met him, but apparently, maybe a couple years prior, Pat Metheny had looked me up on uh, on YouTube, and uh, and then called Christian and kind of bugged him to uh, to hire me. And according to Pat, he he said he bugged 
Christian for about uh, three years to to hire me, and I couldn't believe that because I didn't I didn't know Pat knew I existed. Then finally in in two I think twenty fourteen or fifth no twenty fifteen, McBride was at uh, was doing a residency at the Tri C Jazz Festival in Cleveland, Ohio, and festival director Terry Pontrimoli set set up a duo concert for for us. And we played from the first from the first note. It was just like we've been playing together for for twenty years. And after that, he he asked me to join his band, and it, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, like it was once again like a, a, tr- a true genius, like a, a phonographic memory, like like Joey had. That that's one of the things that 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 I see when a lot of these these greats, you know, they have some really highly evolved. Mental abilities, and I and I saw that both in in Joey and and McBride, like they could remember movie quotes in in like like incredible detail. Well, uh, jo- Joey could uh, somebody says, "Oh, Joey, I saw you in uh, in 1993," and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're um that was in uh, that was in Madrid, Spain. You were the guy with the red hat, you know," and that would like freak people <laughs> out, you know. But and, and so you kind of see these personality traits. And and you get a kind of a window into how they became so great, and also this incredible passion for all, all things music, all different styles and and genres. And uh, I think and, and and I feel some of that. I mean, that's also reflected in Things Eternal because when it comes to the repertoire of this album, you know, it comes from all different places. Really, I was wondering how you what was the process there of putting that that program together to select the, the the tunes that you'd want to include in it well yeah the, a lot of that was, was kind of my my musical experience up until now just you know living in uh northeast ohio you know it's not purely a uh straight ahead town you know right. uh, like akron and cleveland ohio those are not purely uh straight ahead jazz towns like out there's no way i was i was gonna not swing i just love to do that but uh, I'm really thankful for those kind of hole in the wall clubs that that I played growing up, um, where people didn't necessarily want to hear "There Is No Greater Love." You know, they they want to hear um, "Yearning for Your Love." They want to hear "Earth, Wind, and Fire," you know, stuff like that. So I grew to kind of love that and appreciate that music. So and that and that influence is just it just runs through through my my process. So I, I definitely wanted to include that. I think that was. A step in being honest about how I want to tell my story musically and and how I want to uh, present my identity as as a musician. And speaking of the tracks in the album, I did want to bring up one of them, Stickology, which I believe was also released as the first single from Things Eternal. Uh, you know, you're from Ohio, and I read that you chose this song specifically because you consider it a regional treasure. Uh, the the guy who composed it it was a, a really big influence on me. He's a Cleveland area musician, uh, pianist. Well, pianist principally, pianist and organ, but he plays like five other instruments. Um, yeah, his name is uh, Philip Jones, and he wrote this tune when he was 17 years old, and he wrote it section by section, piece by piece. I, I think it took him like three months to write it, but it was his first composition ever, and it's a kind of a Northeast Ohio standard. And so I, I wanted to bring it to a, a larger audience because I think it's incredible composition. So speaking of things eternal, I did want to ask you about the meaning of the title because 
I understand that this record also came from a time in which you were kind of thinking about mortality, spirituality and grief in your life. Like we talked earlier about the passing of Joey Francesco for one earlier. So how much of that comes into play when you are working on the project? Oh, that's a, that's a huge part. Um, you know, it's, it's really the, the, the whole album is kind of a memorial to, you know, people that, that I've lost and, and it's, it's sort of a, a way of a therapeutic way of, of dealing with, with grief and not, not being and trying not to be consumed by it because, uh, and, and, you know, kind of a short span of time, I, I lost a lot of people that, uh, that I cared about. Um, and you know, people that, that had a, a really important hand in raising me, uh, namely my, my grandparents, you know, when, when I was young, they, they retired just so, so they could help my mom and dad, uh, raise me. You know, my mom was a, uh, was a judge and my, and my dad was a dentist and, uh, you know, my grandparents, uh, right when I was born, they, they retired. And so they had free babysitting and, you know, so I would be over there all the time and I, and I I got really attached to to my grandparents and and my grand my grandfather passed in uh 2015 while I was in uh in France with with Joey and, you know that was that was really rough uh and then my grandmother passed in uh 2021 I had a, another great aunt pass in 2021 and then you know and then just lose Joey it was like it was a lot going on uh, in my in 2021, my my dad had a a major stroke like three days before my son was born. So, you know, I felt like I was kind of walking around in a in a fog. And uh, at at my wife's uh, advice, uh, or my at my wife's suggestion, I, I went and saw this grief counselor, and you know, found a way to kind of process my uh, my thoughts and and these feelings that were that were coming up. And, you know, he told me, he was like, in a lot of uh, African cultures, they memorialize the, their, their dead and they uh, find ways to honor their legacy, they, these creative ways to honor their legacy. So maybe you should do that through your music. And so, you know, because I was having these dreams where these really vivid dreams where, um, you know, all my family was together and I would I would wake up sometimes kind of in in tears and i was like well this is i've never felt anything like this before so i woke up from one of these dreams and i started writing the the lyrics to the title track uh things eternal uh, I, w- I woke up at like three in the morning and started uh sketching out these lyrics and then the concept kind of was built around that Although the so much of the album was inspired or comes from a place of grief, it sounds uplifting and it's a celebration, really, I feel like, uh, a, a lot of these tracks. are, Yeah, so that was kind of the... You know, this feeling of sort of dealing and coping with grief, you know, beyond uh, the recording of the album, does that... How does that work then when you're, when you're performing uh, live to an audience? I, I think it, it creates sort of a, a sense of urgency, now, especially after after Joey passed, just it just let lets me know like this thing, this thing is not forever. So, I I, I don't go into it with a sense of oh been there done that. I, I I go into every performance like if this if this is the last time, then I'm I'm trying to 
I'm trying to I'm trying to leave a mark on on people's uh, people's memories, you know, and just kind of play like it's my last time. I don't care if there are two people in the audience or or uh, two thousand, you know. I'm I'm trying to uh, just leave it all on stage, and you know, because there there is this. I think before, especially before playing with Joey, um, you know, sometimes you you'd be on a gig where people wouldn't be listening or. Uh, you know, you're playing like some wine bar where people are just trying to, you know, talk about their day or something like that. But even then, after playing with Joey, I, I was like, man, you, you got to give it your all every time because with him, there was no option. Like I remember one of the first gigs he took, he took just like one of those superhuman solos and I didn't think there was any more left to be said. And I was like, when he motioned for me to solo, I was like, I'm cool, man. He was like, no, no, play. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so it, it just kind of forced me to get out of my own head and and serve serve the music because it might be my last chance. Well, that's fascinating, really. And uh, and uh, thanks very much for sharing uh, all these stories with us. And I urge listeners to check out Things Eternal. It's been a pleasure, Dan, talking with you. Thanks very much. Hey, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. enjoyed my conversation with Dan Wilson and I urge you to check out his latest album Things Eternal available now on Christian McBride's imprint Brother Mister Productions via Mac Avenue Music Group and if you love jazz and vinyl be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition colour vinyl albums mailed directly to you just go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more And as music from Things Eternal by Dan Wilson plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz Ace podcasts, our print magazine and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzace.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt Micucci signing off. See you soon. (laughs) 